Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the epistle reading from Romans 13, verse 11, where Paul writes, Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is dearer to us now than when we first believed. So far our text. St. Paul tells the Christians in Rome, the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. Were the Roman Christians asleep? Did they need a wake-up call from Paul? Does the church need a wake-up call from him today? The Christians in Rome were in a precarious position. They were practicing an illegal religion in the heart of the imperial capital. On the surface, this seems to be an unnecessary exhortation. They shouldn't be asleep. They should be wide awake in their vigilance. They should always be on their toes. Everything St. Paul says to the Romans has a specific purpose. He has a reason for every statement. Often in the Bible, sleep is a metaphor for death. But it is just as often used as a symbol of comfort especially being comfortable in the sinful works of darkness. The psalmist speaks of God saying, He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Another psalm uses David's words about the house of the Lord. I will not enter my house or get into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. The Lord is ever vigilant, ever watchful. But we are not watchful or vigilant. We become comfortable in sleep. After all, Jesus himself says, the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. Sleep is the easy way through life. It is comfortable and easy because we keep our heads down, like laying on a pillow, so that we don't find much trouble. However, Paul also uses sleep as a metaphor for the works of darkness. While you are asleep, you are unconscious to the world around you. St. Paul uses it to show you that those who are engrossed in sin are unconscious to Christ's work of salvation, his work of redemption, his offer of forgiveness. Therefore, Paul tells us to wake from sleep, to cast off the works of darkness, not to walk in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy. These things are all part of the world of darkness, the world of sleep, the world without Christ. As we begin the church year this morning, we see throughout the church year that Christ is associated with the dawn. Our sermon hymn continues on to say, From the manger newborn light shines in glory through the night. And O come, O come, Emmanuel, Jesus is called, thou day spring from on high. A Christmas hymn prays, break forth, O beauteous heavenly light, and usher in the morning. The Epiphany hymns are just bursting with this imagery. O morning star, how fair and bright, you shine with God's own truth and light, aglow with grace and mercy. Brightest and best of the stars of the morning. Dawn on our darkness and lend us thine aid. Star of the east, the horizon adorning, 
Guide us where our infant Redeemer is laid. The people that in darkness sat a glorious light have seen. The light has shined on them who long in shades of death have been. Even in Lent we sing, In the cross of Christ I glory, towering o'er the wrecks of time. All the light of sacred story gathers round its head sublime. Of course, there are tons of Easter hymns with the theme of Christ as light in the dawn. And there are many, many other hymns. We could go through the entire hymnal and spend hours upon hours just going through the hymns of Jesus being the light and the beginning of our day. Because it is a central thought to our theology. Why? Because sleep is banished with the dawn. Sin is banished with Jesus' revelation. Therefore we can sing, O Savior, rend the heavens wide. Come down, come down with mighty stride. Unlock the gates, the doors break down. Unbar the way to heaven's crown. Being awakened from sleep, we are able to look toward the last days dawning with joy. We look forward to him rending the heavens and coming down. But we cannot be joyous if we're asleep. Because we are not conscious of his coming, his advent. Therefore, St. Paul tells us, the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. To look toward the dawn of Jesus' advent. His first advent as the babe of Bethlehem, born to die to bring everlasting life. His last advent as the judge of the living and the dead. When all the dead will rise from the everlasting day of the Lord. We look forward to this day because we know that salvation is nearer to us now than it was when we first believed. The further we move along the flow of time, the closer we get to Jesus' last advent. When salvation will come in the fullness of the dawn of the great and awesome day of the Lord. The prophet Zephaniah said in his day, the great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. He spoke almost 2,500 years ago, but he speaks the truth for his time and for ours as well. The day is at hand. It's a repetitive theme throughout Scripture. Salvation comes with the dawn. The dawn is the focus of the Lord's house. Wherever the tabernacle was erected, and when the temple was built, the opening to the main door faced east, faced the sunrise. So the first rays of the sun would shine upon the place where God's name was called upon to show where God's salvation was to be found. While we are awake, we seek to walk in the light of the Lord. Walking in his light, we have a glimpse of his true glory. Glory that we will only know for certain when the Son of Man comes back to bring us into heaven. Here on the earth, we receive a glimpse of it through his incarnation. Beginning in the manger where his newborn light shines forth. Light that shines even in the darkness of his passion and death. Light that reaches its fulfillment at his resurrection. Salvation secured for all mankind. Therefore, we seek to walk in this light that he sheds on our way. Light that he sheds through his word. 
A word that brings salvation to those who believe it. A word that has no boundaries except for those Christ imposes on it. And the boundary he imposes is the promise that he speaks this word in a particular and peculiar place. The mountain of the house of the Lord. The mountain of the Lord is that place where God has placed his word. This word causes those who believe to rejoice. Therefore the psalmist says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. For Old Testament Israel, before the exile into Babylon, it was the Temple Mount. It was one of the highest mountains in Jerusalem. There, all of God's people would throng to hear his word. Isaiah speaks of the day of salvation, where the mountain of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be lifted up above all the hills. This elevation over every other mountain shows that this place is the most sacred place. This elevation is also what makes the house of the Lord transcend any single place. Now the mountain of the Lord is anywhere set apart to hear the promise of salvation. And as we have seen over the last several months, it transcends even the four walls of any building where Christians gather together, even through technology, to see and hear the promise that God has for us. For God sheds his light of salvation upon his people, even in the midst of times where we cannot gather together. How else is it that Isaiah's prophecy could come to pass? His prophecy, where all the nations shall flow to the house of the Lord, and many people shall come and say, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. We gather at the house of the Lord to hear his word and to praise his name. We gather to be filled with his light, the light that comes with the dawn of salvation, the dawn that rises every time his word is open to be read and heard, the word which reminds us that salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. Amen. Now may the peace of the Lord, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.